welcome to creating wealth through passive apartment investing podcast in this show we will discuss about best and worst experiences about passive and active apartment investing and i am your host ramakrishna let's begin the show today's our guest is ketan patel welcome ketan thank you so much rama for having me on the show i'm very excited Thank you. A little bit about Ketan. Ketan is a high performance coach who helps motivated real estate entrepreneurs create more income and impact by aligning their thoughts, emotions and actions. He has mastered the art of getting results by combining techniques from Tony Robbins, Wim Hof and Dr. Joe Dispenza. His unique program will give you the clarity, confidence and strategy you need to achieve your goals. faster and create an edge his achievements include earning an accelerated doctor of pharmacy degree building a multi million dollar rental portfolio by starting from 8k raising over 10 million for his multifamily syndication business and growing a senior care business by a factor of 3 in just 2 years With that ketan would you like to add anything to your background no that should do it all <laughs> Awesome. You have degree in pharmacy, then why are you into high performance coaching business side, Ketan? Yeah, so originally I was practicing as a pharmacist and I realized that, you know, there's I'm not really living my values, right? I don't have as much freedom, creativity, entrepreneurship, risk taking and, you know, being analytical and serving other people. You could help patients, but it wasn't to that level. So I decided investing into real estate, buying some small single family home and before you know transition into apartments indication and as I went through that journey, I realized that I'm very very passionate about mindset, strategy and execution piece, so it served me really well and again as a hobby, I kind of transformed and went into the high performance coaching in the beginning I did a lot of work just to be successful in business myself but then one day I realized there's so much knowledge and information that I could help to support other people with their outcomes cool and any challenges you faced during your journey and how did you overcome them Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the very first deal, that very very small real estate deal, I only needed $25,000 and unfortunately I didn't have any money. So, I got two more pharmacist friends to support me with $8,000 each. They agreed to be a partner in the deal. So, now I only had to get $8,000 and I didn't have any money. So, what I did is I work a little overtime and basically opened a 401k account and put all the money in there and the employer doubled the 401k amount and I used that to get a loan and and so that was the first challenge struggle and after that all sorts of things started to come up with acquiring property and dealing with tenants and also I I also bought a senior care business so I realized that any venture we choose challenges are going to come it's just we have to learn to look at the positive side and see what they are teaching us in terms of skill set and advancing ourselves Yeah, so true. And how are you helping real estate investors with your, you know, high performance coaching? Yeah, so you know, with real estate entrepreneurs, what happens a lot of times is uh, we are buying some properties or raising some capital, but we don't have a strategic approach because we all are different in terms of our goals, our personality, uh, the things that you know are exciting us, and the skill sets we have built. 
So I'm a big proponent of figuring out an individual strategy that would get us to our goals faster. I support entrepreneurs with the strategy piece. Then I also support by challenging their belief about what is possible and and the fears that a lot of these things are subconscious. But when we start working together, I draw those things out. We start working with it. And then also now how to execute these things, you know, uh, managing your productivity in terms of time and energy and focusing, keeping the focus. So I help with all of those things. Cool, cool. And would you share any of your best success stories from your client side or, you know, your side regarding mindset and high performance? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of my clients are, you know, basically engineers, physicians, people who are already have a W-2 job. So the challenge for them is there's so much, there's only so much time they have to really go in and build. So some of my clients have just acquired a 70 unit. One of them has acquired a 46 unit building uh, because we are going very strategic about how they are doing certain things. And without the direction, what happens is, you know, a lot of things look shiny or different asset class or markets. And then we are going all over the place and six months go by and we don't really have the results. And, and oftentimes, I'm the only person in my client's life to really challenge them because that's why they have hired me, right? And their friends and family, a lot of people might not say things to challenge you because they want to get your approval, right? And they are just going with the flow, so to speak. Yes, that's true. And also, what do you share in challenging stories? Yes, regarding myself, clients or? Are your clients? Yeah. So, you know, that the challenge with the clients, the number one challenge is, you know, not getting these results because what happens is when we don't have a, let, let's talk about raising capital, for example. So very simple. If you just have to make a website, your pitch deck, there are basic level things to do, but a common theme is people overcomplicate it. And, you know, two months go by, three months go by or, and the website's not done or the website's done. And let's say you started a podcast or, you started some thought leadership platform and the client's not getting results. So it's very easy to get discouraged. So I coach them around, you know, the right techniques to use and also cultivate the mindset because it does take a little bit of time to reach to that tipping point sometimes. And we have to go through that tipping point. The common challenge for people is that beginning phase to buy those first few properties or to raise the capital, you know, the 500 or the million dollars, because after that, they have a little bit of reference experience. They have a little bit experience working with investors and things become slightly easier. Cool. Cool. Yeah. And how did you get into real estate and multifamily side, Ketan? Yeah. So originally I was buying single family home. My goal was to just, you know, create a side income. That was my original goal. And I figured someday if it reaches to a point, I could, I could quit my job. So then I, after the, the single family homes, two or three transactions, I started buying three unit, five unit deals. And I had a lot of investors started reaching out to me, pharmacist friends and physicians and engineers in my group. And then I realized, first of all, I cannot plug all this capital into the smaller three unit, five unit deals. And I also realized the time and energy it took me to find these deals and run that business. It just wasn't sustainable, the three unit, five unit for what I was looking to accomplish. So then I made the decision to go into bigger multifamily business, basically 200, three unit apartment complexes, because it provided scale and it provided 
a good structure for the business. And originally, my goal was to buy apartment complexes, but then I decided to focus more on the capital raising because I enjoy that aspect. Cool. And thank you. Thanks for sharing that. And would you share any challenging experiences with raising capital side? Yeah. So with raising capital, there's, you know, there's a lot of challenges. So first is always the chicken or egg kind of thing, right? You have investors who have committed funds, but you don't have a deal or you have a deal and you don't have the investors, right? So that's the number one challenge. And then also when you don't right now, I've raised over $10 million. I have a good amount of relationships and people who I've educated for real estate investing. So now it's very, very smooth because most of my investors are repeat, but in the beginning for people to trust you uh, and when you don't have a whole lot of track record uh, it could be challenging to build those relationships but now if i had to go over i know um, the value of patient the value of having systems and the value of having a strategy uh, to do this thing over over time basically cool and would you share any success factors for raising capital Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, anybody who's out there to look into raise capital, I would highly encourage them to make their individual strategy when it comes to, you know, developing their ideal investor profile, who they are looking for, right? Having a brand story for their brand, a personal story for themselves, because the powerful stories will allow the investors to trust them and for the entrepreneur to share their information to the investor. So there could be a trust that could be built, a relationship that could be built. So very important to develop that instead of just going out there with like, hey, I have this great deal in great market with a great return. That all comes after you have built the trust. And then I'll also encouraged to, you know, have a thought leadership platform, whether it's a blog or a podcast, YouTube channel, newsletter, a meetup event, it could be anything, writing an ebook. And then also, you know, having a strategic approach to marketing, measuring what you are doing, how many calls you are going, how many leads are coming into your system, tracking these leads. And this way you could go back and look at, you know, where do you need to troubleshoot? Do you need to get more people to talk to, or you need to change the way you need to talk. So these are some, you know, higher level insights that people who are raising capital could use to uh, cut their journey short. Awesome. And thank you. Those are great points. So and what's your criteria selecting partners? Yeah. So right now, uh, the deals that I'm raising capital, I'm focusing on institutional quality sponsors who have already, you know, um, acquired more than 150 to $100 million of assets. They have already done exits. They already have a good structure with their sponsorship team uh, in terms of asset management acquisitions and also them having a good internal process and support. And then, you know, if the sponsor's meeting that criteria, then I start looking at their deals and I look at to see, you know, how are they underwriting these deals? Is it conservative? You know, what is the base case, downside, upside, the sensitivity analysis, the rent premiums, all of the market factors. And this is all the work I do on behalf of my passive investors. So for them, it's easy to take all this information, digest, and then make a go or no go decision. Awesome. Awesome. So so what markets you're focusing and what is the reason? 
Yeah, so, you know, I like the metro markets in the southeast, Atlanta, DFW, and then also Jacksonville, Tampa, Orlando, because, you know, if you think about it, the cost of living is is cheaper compared to the coastal markets. And I'm up here in Boston, so I'm very familiar with what's happening in the coastal market. And people are migrating to those cities because cost of living is cheaper. And also for businesses, it's slightly friendly business climate and a friendlier business climate along with, you know, little lower business taxes and things like that. So it's favorable for them to move. So the growth is happening there. And if you look at, you know, the ratios of the income they are earning versus the money that's going into the rent, that's a good numbers there, right? And population is a lot of these areas we are focusing on. It's net positive. It's not negative. So I like those things and with diverse employer profile as well. Cool. And those are great things. And let's shift towards passive side. And what are the things one need to consider before investing passively? Yeah. So anybody who's looking to invest in passive apartments, you know, the number one thing is understanding that these are illiquid securities, first of all, right? So you, your money's locked for these five years or, or six years, depending on the term of that, then also you have to look at to see, you know, what if you like that market, you like the value add strategy and you like the team that you're partnering with, right? Checking out some of the things we talked about earlier in terms of market and then the sponsor, but then also an important piece for passive investor to understand is what kind of risk they are comfortable taking. And what kind of risk does the envir- uh, the investment opportunity presents, right? So learning the top two or three risks and trying to understand because the value-add multifamily business is old. It's not a new thing. So a lot of the risks are already known. So if they're already aware of those, it would be better uh, versus just only looking, focusing on the positive side and, and the return side. So looking at the risk, asking the sponsor or if you're investing with me or whoever, learning about those things as well. And, and also realizing that it's not about making one good investment doesn't matter even if it outperforms. The goal is for you to learn as much as you can. So in your investing career, year, two years, five years, 10 years, you are making good decisions overall. And that should cover, you know, some underperformance and overall you're heading in a very positive direction. Yes, so true. And would you share any of your best apartment investing experiences so far? Uh, yes, one of the deal, you know, that I invested, it was passive investing, but I was able to get a very, very good more than 35% return. We were able to, you know, refinance and sell the deal earlier. So that that was a great experience. Cool. And would you share any challenging or bad experience in the apartment side? Yeah, so I would say it would be challenging because that's the other side of the value at apartments is no matter how uh, careful you are, a deal or something might slip through where things are not in your control. The submarket starts changing and most of it was because of COVID related um, because the area had a lot of office complexes and a lot of the tenants and the whole business plan was you know, supporting those office tenants. And since the offices are shut down, the area is changing a little bit where we are not getting the qualified leasing traffic and things like that. So we are a little short on the return. So instead of, you know, 8%, we are at four or five, but uh, it's nothing, you know, drastic in that sense. 
Cool. And would you share like COVID situation in multifamily investing side? You know, it's it's very interesting, right? Everybody has, you could look at it from all kinds of angles. So what I like to do is rather than, you know, give a blanket statement, look at a particular deal in the particular submarket and see what's happening there. What's happening to the other properties in terms of occupancies, rent premiums, you know, how much new inventory is being delivered and, you know, what's going on with the existing tenants of the property, you know, paying or not paying, what is their profile look like? Is that in industries that are being affected? Also looking at, you know, how are we underwriting the next one year or even 2021 with modest rent growth and things like that. So once we do all that, then we just have a little better picture of, okay, this is a highly risky opportunity. It's middle risk or it's low risk versus just assuming that, hey, it's not a good environment to invest because, you know, it's COVID or it's a great investment to invest because of this. So my my approach is focusing on a particular deal. Yeah. And what is your current focus and share something you're excited about now, Ketan? Yeah. So current, my two focus, one thing is I've been offering this multifamily fund because I do like the idea of the investment being diversified into five or six different assets uh, geographically and an asset level. So definitely it reduces the risk profile as well. So I'm excited about that. And then on the coaching side, I've been very successful with my capital raising pro program, which is more for active investors who are looking to raise capital and you know build their brand and, and learn how to get there faster. So those are the two things that I'm focusing on uh, 2021. Awesome. And so what is the best advice you have received and any best? And in terms of active investing or passive investing or? In general, like any one advice that impacted you personally. Okay. So yes, I have a lot of things, but the most uh, thing that impacted me is basically the mindset piece. I just came to realize that at the end of the day, the way we think, feel, and act determines the lens that we are looking the world at, right? And if, if we change that, then the reality changes and we are just so much more powerful and we could be doing so many things if it was only for those doubts and limiting beliefs and uncertainties. Cool. Yeah. So any one book that impacted your life and what way? Sure. There is one book called, it's called Courage and it's by Osho. And the book talks about fear and, and courage. And it's, it's talking about a lot of the points along those lines where, you know, in our mind, it just feels like, okay, if this thing went bad, whether it's an investment or a business venture or anything like that, we feel that that would be it for us. But in reality, uh, there's no such thing as failure, right? You're always going to learn something from it and you'll always go to the next level and you, you will figure out. And basically just knowing that you do have that power. And if you're able to create, be successful in one domain of your life, you would be able to be successful in a, another domain as well. So cool. And how are you giving back to community? Yeah. So I, you know, unofficially, I have like a foundation in India where, you know, we are working on putting these uh, water filtration systems for, for the kids uh, because there the clean water is, is a problem. So, you know, a lot of 
people have challenges with that. So we've already finished that. Now we are working on uh, putting library in schools in, in the part of that country uh, where I originally grew up and things like that. So that's my way of giving back. That's awesome. And what is the best way we can connect with you, Ketan? Sure. So I will, you know, I will provide with, uh, I do have a YouTube channel with a lot of videos uh, on active investing and passive investing. And also my LinkedIn profile. You could also go on my site, KeatonPatel.com, K-E-T-A-N-P-A-T-E-L.com. If you want to learn more about high performance tools and techniques, I do have a, a five pillars to peak performance guide they are waiting for you. And if you're a passive investor, you want to learn more about apartment investing, then you could connect with me on Muki Capital. That's M-U-K-H-I capital.com. And I think we'll provide all that in the show notes for the audience. So. Awesome. And thank you, Ketan. I really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on the show. If you like the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And if you want to connect with me, please send me a message, info at ushacapital.com. Thank you for listening. Creating Wealth Through Passive Apartment Investing Podcast. I hope you learned something from the show. See you in the next episode. Thank you. Any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only. As always, please consult with your own CPA, legal and financial advisor before investing.